welcome to the new Retina Radio Journal Club with Bitbuckle Society. I'm Yoshi Yonekawa, adult and pediatric retina surgeon at Will's Eye Hospital in Philadelphia. And so for VBS, I serve as the chair of the academic programming uh, committee. And this is a new collaboration between VBS and New Retina Radio. And education's always been at the core of what we do at VBS, from our exciting annual meetings to educational websites like Bitbuckle Academy and many other educational activities. And that fits right in with New Retina Radio's mission also. And one of our goals for these uh, radio journal clubs is to summarize and talk about new and hot papers in our awesome field of retina and discuss it in clinically meaningful ways and to have fun while doing it also. So today I'm very excited to be joined by our superstar panelists who are young but worldwide experts in retinal imaging. So in alphabetical order, we have Dr. Marion Monk from University Hospital in Bern, Switzerland, six hours ahead of us and faculty at Northwestern University in Chicago. Thank you, Marion, for joining us all the way from Switzerland. Hi, Yoshi. Thank you very much. I'm really excited um, doing this podcast today. All right. And next we have Leila Vaisovich from Duke Eye Center Derm. Thanks for joining us, Leila, and for all of your support for VBS over the years. Thank you, Yoshi. It's a pleasure to be here. And last but not least, David Chu from Will's Eye Hospital and Mid-Atlantic Retina in Philly. He's on the VBS IT committee also. And David, I know how it's like to be at the, all the way at the end of the alphabet all the time. So uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Okay, so the title of today's paper is Local Anatomic Precursors to New Onset Geographic Atrophy in Age-Related Macular Degeneration as Defined on OCT. And the authors are Pasrisha et al. on behalf of the AREDS2 uh, Ancillary Spectral Domain OCT Study Group. And the one and only Cindy Toth from Duke is the senior author, and uh, Emily Chu from NEI is also a co-author. And this was a really nice paper that was published uh, initially online ahead of print on December 18th, 2020 in Ophthalmology Retina. So we're going to kick it over first to David Chu, uh, first to summarize the premise and the methodology of the paper. David? All right. Thanks so much, Yoshi. It's a pleasure to be here. So this is a stellar paper, and I, had, uh, I really enjoyed reading it. Uh, this paper is a uh, OCT ancillary study from the AREDS2 uh, uh, clinical trial, and it enrolled 488 participants, and they studied 488 eyes. Uh, over a seven-year period. And what they were looking for out of the OCT data is biomarkers that would predict future development of geographic atrophy as graded on color fundus photos. And out of the 488 eyes, they actually were able to identify 62 patients who did develop uh, geographic atrophy at a set time. And based on uh, their uh, very extensive longitudinal data, they looked back uh, two years, one year, three years, and four years uh, prior to uh, the development of GA and, and asked the question, can we detect biomarkers found on special domain OCT that would actually predate and predict uh, the, the geographic atrophy? And what's interesting about this study is that in addition to what's been done in prior literature, they looked specifically at localization. So they looked at areas that they knew would eventually develop uh, GA and say, is there incipient or nascent uh, biomarkers that would be there? And they uh, performed a matched comparison against localization uh, elsewhere in the macula that they eventually knew would not develop GA and say, can we detect any statistically significant differences between these two areas? And Duke has been a, at the forefront of developing biomarkers that they've validated over a series of many papers over many years uh, that include uh, the following. So uh, they have a, a customized uh, in-house uh, algorithm that's probably one of the most advanced feature-specific algorithms 
and they're able to select regions of interest that uh, they know are going to be uh, developing GA and, and a matched region of the same size. They're looking for things like the volume of the, uh, OC, the, the RP intrusion complex. They're looking for abnormally thin areas, abnormally thick areas. And those are sort of the qualitative, uh, sorry, excuse me, the quantitative measurements they're able to produce. In addition to that, they're also grading for the uh, hyperreflective foci, uh, presence of OCT uh, reflective drusenoid structures. They're looking for uh, hypertransmission. They're looking for discontinuity and attenuation of various bands, for example, the ellipsoid zone, the photoreceptor layer thinning, and also uh, uh, the external limiting membrane. So there's a wide panel of different features that are looking for trying to detect at all any of these differences uh, that may uh, be present and uh, are different uh, in whether in the regions that are going to develop GA and the regions that are not. So I think it's a very interesting premise, very interesting study. Thanks for the awesome summary of the really well thought out methodology, David. Leila, can you now tell us about the main findings of this paper? Yeah, I think I echo that. I think uh, methods were exceptionally done. And as, as a result, uh, we have interesting findings as well. So compared with control regions, and that's kind of the unique aspect that David um, pointed out, the G regions had significantly greater drusen volume, higher presence of hypertransmission, higher presence of hyperreflective foci, higher presence of OCT reflective drusen substructures, and then greater loss or disruption of photoreceptor zone, ellipsoid zone, and RPE. Associations with photoreceptor zone thinning and interdigitation zone loss was also seen. And lastly, authors concluded from this from these results that evolution of GA is preceded by early local photoreceptor changes and Drusen accumulation that can be detectable four years prior to GA. So I think these are very important kind of early biomarkers for us to um, see. Great. So the authors found a number of biomarkers in OCT predictive of GA formation. So biomarkers, it's certainly like a buzzword these days. A lot of people like using the term. It's sexy and cool. It gets you funding. Uh, but these authors are super legit. They don't even mention in the title. They just do it. And so uh, before we go to our break, Marion, what's your quick take on your data, your initial reactions? Yeah, so as already outlined, I think uh, the intriguing thing here is really that they look at the localized predictive parameters and not only on general predictive parameters over a long period of time. Um, and what is also, I think, very interesting is that um, despite the fact that we know that um, complement three and complement five inhibition really leads to um, 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 a, a slowing down of the geographic atrophy progression, a lot of experts really believe that it's just too late um, to treat patients when the geographic atrophy already has developed. And we should rather move into um, trying to identify patients who are at high risk um, for GA development and try to treat these kind of cohorts. And actually these kind of parameters and these predictive biomarkers actually give us a chance to identify these patients at risk. And it may also help in terms of patient selection and, and finding the right population for future clinical trials. But of course, also, it offers a lot of interesting um, potential endpoints for future clinical trials here. Great. Fantastic. Thank you for your thoughts. We're going to be right back after a quick break now. And when we return, let's talk more about this paper in detail and also about geographic atrophy from a clinical standpoint.
Welcome back, everybody, to the New Retina Radio Journal Club with VBS. I'm Yoshi Yonekawa, here with Marion Monk, Leila Vaisovic, and David Chu. And we're going to discuss the paper on OCT biomarkers predictive of geographic atrophy that we started discussing in the first half. So uh, dry AMD papers can potentially be very interesting or very dry. Hope you like the dad joke there. And, um, but I felt this paper was pretty awesome. And first, uh, Leila, what did you like most about the, this paper? I feel like we often have certain attachments to really good papers uh, for a reason. Like, what was it that made you feel, oh, this was an awesome paper? Well, um, I, I will admit I'm a little biased because uh, it's obviously coming from Duke Group and I know uh, how um, stringent they are in terms of analysis of the data um, and the quality papers that are produced out of that group. Um, so I think um, that set aside, um, I think like we mentioned earlier, the fact that we're analyzing focal area that leads to GA development, I think it differentiates this from all the other kind of papers out there um, and really truly, truly looking at precursors or biomarkers um, to use that word um, is, is help, very helpful. And to have this data identify even as early as four years out, I think it's um, crucial as well. So it gives us an idea how we can in the future target treatment of GA development uh, and potentially modulate that. Marion, how about you? Favorite things about this paper? Yeah, so I'm not biased. So, and I agree that I think the, the methods used here are really valid and, uh, and that's a big strength of the paper. And also the large cohort of patients and the long follow-up really um, allows us to, uh, to identify the changes. And I think beside the changes, which uh, Leila has already um, pointed out, um, this longitudinal analysis also allows to really see that actually in these areas which develop geographic atrophy, they showed a high dynamic, um, especially in all these kind of RPE parameters found. And I think this is also something which you can only find out if you really have longitudinal data analysis to look at these data. Definitely agreed. So Marion, conversely, what, are, what do you think are some limitations and what would you like to see analyzed in uh, future studies? So you need to sort of criticize our friends and mentors, Cindy Toth and, and Emily Chu, some of the biggest names in our field, tell them what's missing. Okay, don't kill me, but uh, <laughs> I think, and this has also been mentioned in the paper as a potential limitation. I think it's very important because um, it doesn't allow you to have a positive predictive value of these parameters. So um, what it means is actually that um, you know which areas develop geographic atrophy, but you don't know how many areas are actually present who show the same parameters, but who did not develop geographic atrophy. So you're you are now found with a lot of different morphological features, which are on the other hand hard to assess when only looking at the OCT scans, um, when you're not using machine learning or, or AI or any statistical model, um, and you, you don't know the positive predictive value. I think this is a limitation. Yeah, it's such a great point. Um, I'm going to spare Leila from critiquing her colleague, Dr. Toth. So, uh, David, uh, your thoughts, any limitations of the paper? Well, I think it was really interesting that I think this paper was one of the, the uh, in a limited few that actually presents statistical analysis. And I think that one uh, future area that they could extend the statistical analysis is to perform a multivariate analysis to see, you know, we have a huge collection of these biomarkers and many of them were shown to be uh, associated with future de development of GA, but 
you know, uh, if there was a way for, for the paper and the data to guide me on and be able to figure out which of these things should I be looking at most, which collection of two or three, and potentially even to create a risk score, uh, score or something like that. I think things like this have been done before, but uh, just based on a, a, this new concept of localization and, and being able to extend that uh, multivariate analysis, I think that would be super interesting, super helpful. That indeed, yeah, will be would be very interesting. So, David, I, I will yeah. add, to David. Sorry, interrupt yeah. for a second. I think he brings up an excellent point. I think um, coming up with a scoring system where these biomarkers can be used is is going to be crucial in care and our clinical care of the patients. Right now, we may be identifying these markers and the OCT, but there's not a way of us quantifying it. And anyways understanding what that means um, truly for the patient. So, scoring system or quantify. Uh, quantitative wave of us understanding yeah and i agree being in busy practices you know we're not good at scoring and you know finding every little detail but in the in new era for artificial intelligence this will be right for that kind of application so david how will you take uh, the information from this paper and apply it to your clinical practice or is it a paper that you kind of read find interesting and then you toss out no i think it's it's definitely something that has translational use for the clinics I mean, I think that when you're talking about this really high level, very investigative, uh, cutting edge uh, analysis as was presented here, I think the first place you might see something is, again, in investigative or clinical trial applications where you really have the time, the manpower and the specialized imaging uh, analysis, software analysis to really be able to you know, hone in and hone in and find use for this. So you, you might find it first in those applications before you find it in a widespread, you know, everyday clinical application. But the future, I think definitely is, as has been alluded to a lot is to create a risk score model or like a, a severity score or something like that, where I can take an OCT scan in the clinic uh, and then I can, uh, you know, be able to tell patients, well, there's a prognostic uh, element to this. There is a treatment uh, analysis or, or uh, you know, you may be, uh, you know, um, you know, you may be a better candidate for clinical trials based on this information. That would be, I think that would be very helpful. Thank you, David. Great points. So Leila, how will you take the information from this paper and apply it to your patients in clinic? Thank you, Yoshi. Great question. Um, currently, my management is not going to change because the treatment approach to our dry MD uh, patients these days, uh, unfortunately, are the options are very few. Um, but I'm super excited about data coming out of the angiogenesis and current ongoing dry MD um, trials. There's lots of emerging therapies and some of them will be studying in, um, in clinical trials in phase three. And I think we'll have lots of exciting options for our patients in the future. So this data will be used as a biomarkers to introduce these drugs uh, to our patients. Yes, definitely a lot of exciting stuff in the horizon. So, uh, Leila, stepping away from the paper for one second, and let's talk about uh, the, your general approaches to geographic atrophy in clinic. And what do you tell a new patient sitting in front of you? Like, what's happening? Is there any hope? Or are their eyes just doomed? Yeah. Well, I always like to leave it hopeful for the patient, even if the diagnosis is very severe. Um, and yes, I bring up all the you know, ongoing clinical trials that are um, paving the way for treatment of dry AMD. And I talk about the importance of using ARIDS2 formula as well, I think in terms of, you know, wet AMD onset. Um, and then healthy diets and such, I think uh, really following Mediterranean type diet is, has been helpful. So I think I mentioned uh, the current ways that we can treat it and really um, leave it hopeful with the ongoing trials because I think they will make a difference for our patients. Got it. Marion, what's the Swiss approach to patients with geographic atrophy and dry AMD? 
I think quite similar. So we try um, to, to see it from the positive side. And uh, usually, I mean, um, the likelihood of losing um, losing a lot of vision is more likely in nervous clay MD. So this is the first thing I tell the patient. Um, and also, like Leila has already pointed out, there is a lot in pipeline right now, um, and a lot of very intriguing drugs, um, which could uh, at least um, slower the progression of geographic atrophy. And of course, there's also gene therapy, which really targets different polymorphism, like CFH, CFI polymorphism, for example, um, which could really target a subpopulation of patients with geographic atrophy. Unfortunately, on the, on the intermediate AMDs so and then the prevention uh, kind of, there's not so much going on. Of course, uh, we offer all the patients the arts, um, the arts formula, but uh, so far the subthreshold laser therapy and uh, stuff which was coming out, either the, the trials were too small in order really to show a beneficial effect, or for example, they failed to, uh, to really uh, meet their primary endpoint. Uh, yes, definitely great points. Hopefully, uh, there'll be some positive results from ongoing uh, trials and in intermediate AMD also. Uh, Marion, do you have any final thoughts about this paper or GA in general? So I think, um, as has been already mentioned, that uh, I think it's very hard just for a, similar, uh, for a single person to really assess all these parameters. So we will need um, statistical models and uh, AI. But I think there are very intriguing other studies also out, um, which have shown that uh, actually the prediction accuracy is very high in these kind of models. And of course, um, Beside all the morphological biomarker, you should not leave behind um, other biomarkers and other predictive factors such as uh, genetic typing or even uh, metabolomic profiling in order to really identify patients at high risk. Got it. Leila, final thoughts? No, I think super excited about these findings and as Mary mentioned, others um, showing the ways for us to predict um, uh, progression to GA. Um, and and I, I feel, as I mentioned previously, that pipeline is really bright. All, quite a few exciting drugs coming and I'm just excited to have things to offer to my patients in the future. So. Great. And uh, David, final thoughts for you? I just really like this paper because I think this represents in 2021, just the most advanced feature-based analysis of OCT and biomarkers that I've seen. And we're at this juncture where we're trying to figure out what to do with a huge amount of uh, clinical data that we have, but we're capturing OCTs that are so dense and, and so high resolution. And that's just so exciting for me to, I think that that's, I think we've been saying this for a while, but I think that's really our, uh, our work in the, in the future years to be able to make sense of this data to understand uh, how one patient with dry AMD, intermediate AMD is different from another patient, um, whether that's for clinical trial purposes or for the individual patient, I think that's very important. Great. So this was a fantastic discussion on uh, OCT biomarkers that predict geographic atrophy in the AREDS2 OCT study. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in to the New Retina Radio Journal Club with VBS. A uh, huge thanks to Marion, Leila, David for your expertise and really fun discussion. And listeners can download this uh, podcast along with previous and uh, future episodes. You can follow New Retina Radio, check out Vipbuckle Society at vipbucklesociety.org. And you can also catch the video version of today's podcast on itube.net. It's a wonderful resource in our field. So please stay tuned for future episodes. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.